0: Hi, welcome back to Pause, Reflect, and Learn with Katie. I'm happy to have you back. So August is a huge vacation month. And although COVID has definitely put a wrench in many of our plans, people are getting creative. So whether you are visiting family, you are renting a house, or you're hitting the road in an RV, I wanna make sure that you are enjoying your vacation without added stress if you choose to bring your dog with you. And for those who are doing a staycation, A popular question that we receive on a daily basis is, how can I get my dog to sleep later? So when we return, we will provide tips for traveling with your dog without added stress for you, the people you're traveling with, or your dog, and tips to get your dog to sleep later. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Want to learn dog training? Enroll with ISCDT. Our online course consists of 18 lessons that teach dog training and canine behavior. Students work hands-on with dogs and provide a video diary of their work. Visit us at ISCDT.com to learn more and enroll. Welcome back. So we want our dogs to travel with us, yet their presence can sometimes cause us distress. What if they soil inside? What if they break something? What if they get loose and run away? Stress can cause us to fall back into bad behaviors of yelling at or punishing our dogs. In turn, the dog is stressed and more likely to mess up. So if you remember from an earlier episode, I think it was last week, as a matter of fact, that we discussed whether or not dogs are vindictive. And of course, we told you that, well, should I give it away? Or should I make you just listen to the podcast? I'll give it away. We told you that dogs are not vindictive. They are not out to get us because they're not built that way. However, stress can cause dogs to exhibit behaviors that lead us to think that they are being spiteful or vindictive. So again, if we're going to start screaming at our dog and we're going to start punishing the dog when we're on vacation because we're so worried that they're going to mess up, the dog's going to wind up messing up because you're causing anxiety. Here's some tips for you. The first, when you travel with your dog, limit the dog's freedom to ensure that they don't destroy anything, that they don't have an accident in the house and that they don't climb on furniture. Because while you may be okay with the dog on your furniture at home, if you rent a house or if you're staying with somebody, or even if you rent an RV, having the dog on the furniture could cause a problem for you or could upset the people with whom you're staying with or whoever's house that you're renting. So. Keep the dog close to you. Don't give them freedom where they can get up on beds, where they can chew things up, where they can destroy things. So this way that you don't have an added expense when your trip ends and that you also don't tick off your host and pretty much ruin any chances of you coming back. Now, as far as housebreaking, it is not foreign for a fully housebroken dog to mark or to have an accident inside a hotel room or a home that you're visiting. Our first rescue dog, never went on the furniture and she was fully housebroken. Yet the very first time that we went on vacation, we had rented a cabin and we left her in the cabin while we decided to walk around and check out the property. And when we returned about 10 minutes later, we found an accident in the middle of the bed. She jumped up on the bed and urinated on it. So why did she do that? Well, most likely she was nervous. We brought her to an unknown location and then we left her there all by herself. And even though it was just 10 minutes, it was enough for her to get stressed out and for whatever reason, jump on the bed that we planned on sleeping in and urinating on it. The same dog had a habit which so many of you can relate to. She loved to lick dirty dishes in the dishwasher. And while I did not condone it, it was a behavior that she had. And I am gonna say this was long before I became a dog trainer because my current dogs know not to lick my dishes. So anyway, this is what she did. So when we went to visit my in-laws, I was very careful not to allow her access to the kitchen while we were cleaning up after meals because I wanted to make sure that her tongue did not clean any of the dishes in their dishwasher. My in-laws don't have a dog and I think my father-in-law would have had to throw every dish in the garbage if he saw her lick them. So again, keeping your dog very close to you on a leash will prevent them from getting you or themselves in trouble. Another mistake that dog owners make, especially when they're stressed out, is they stop issuing commands to their dog. Instead, they just repeatedly scream the dog's name. Madison, Madison! And then they wonder why the dog isn't listening. Well, it's not that the dog isn't listening, but you're not giving her a command to follow. So whether you want Madison come because you want her to come over to you, or sit, place, leave it, drop it, she's not gonna know by you just screaming, Madison, Madison. This is something that I tell all my clients. Repeatedly calling the dog's name is not gonna do anything. The dog is not gonna say, what, what's up, what do you need? They're just simply gonna ignore you. So make sure that you use commands with your dog when you're away. Don't let stress prevent you from doing the right thing. Now, if your dog is not following those commands, try not to get frustrated and angry. Again, if you remember from an earlier episode, I think it might've been the first or the second, you learned that dogs do not generalize. If you teach a dog sit in your house, it does not mean that your dog will be able to sit in the backyard, in the street, or certainly not with distractions if you've never practiced that. So if you're on vacation, And you tell your dog to sit or you tell your dog to go into the down and the dog doesn't do it. Rather than getting frustrated and accusing your dog of being stubborn, use this opportunity to teach your dog to respond to those commands in this new environment with more people around with higher distractions. Use it as a learning period instead of just getting frustrated with your dog. So in order for this to work, we want you to issue the commands calmly, give rewards, give treat rewards to your dog. Don't just give him a pat or say good boy or good girl. Let's go back to early stages of training and let's reward the dog for doing a good job. And of course, again, this is where a leash comes into play. Because if your dog doesn't listen to you, the leash will stop the dog from just wandering off and walking away. And this is a huge thing that I tell my clients. Let the dog drag a leash. When you're taking a step back in your training and you are working with the dog in a foreign location, have the dog drag a short leash. So you can always go to a dollar store, grab a regular leash, attach it to the collar or the harness. Then I want you to measure the leash so that you can cut it right at the dog's ankle. I don't want it to be dragging on the floor because first the dog could step on it and they can injure themselves. Second, if there's a staircase, they could fall down the stairs because it gets caught under their foot or they could be running through the house and the leash could get caught under the refrigerator on a piece of molding. I've seen dogs at the top of the stairs and the leash gets caught on molding or something at the top of the stairs and now the dog's coming down. If the dog loses their footing, they're gonna get hurt. So I like my clients to cut the leash so this way it is shorter than the dog's leg. Once you cut the leash, burn it so that it doesn't fray. And if the dog is gonna chew on it, you can always soak it in Chew deterrent, or you can use apple cider vinegar with some lime and just soak it every night to stop the dog from chewing on it. But very important when you're taking a step back in training to get the dog to listen, that you have the dog drag the leash so that you can still reinforce those commands without grabbing the dog's collar, grabbing the dog's harness, or without touching the dog. And finally, you want to make sure that your dog has ID tags on it that have your cell phone number on it. I might be showing my age here. But I want to make sure that your dog tags don't have your home phone number on it. Hey, listen, do any of us have a home phone? Do any of us answer our own phones? If your tags have not been updated to reflect your cell phone number, then have a tag made that has your cell phone number on it. And if it is a location that you repeatedly visit, like every February we go down to Florida, have a tag made with the address on it where you're staying. So this way, if somebody finds the dog, that you get them back a lot quicker. The last thing you wanna do is have your dog running around with your home address on it and your home phone number. You're not gonna get your dog back then. Okay, here are a few things for you to bring with you on vacation. First, bring your dog's crate or play yard and the dog's bed. We want the dog to be able to settle in a familiar place. Second, again, going back to the leash, Bring the dog's regular leash, but also bring a short leash that the dog can just drag around indoors. Remember the dog's harness. Remember gates to limit access to other rooms. Remember toys and bones and treat-releasing balls and maze bowls, any activity that your dog is used to, make sure you bring those items with you. Bring your training treats with you, so this way you can reward your dog for good behavior. Again, remember the ID tag, that includes your cell phone number and maybe the address where you're staying, and finally, a dog seatbelt to keep them safe while they're on car rides. So while this vacation might be a working one for you, in the long run, your dog is going to learn how to behave regardless of the location, regardless of the distraction, and future vacations will be more relaxing with your dog. Okay, so now you're on vacation or you're on your staycation, but you do not want the dog up at five o'clock in the morning or whatever time that you get up from work, you want your dog to sleep a little later. So here are eight proven tips to help your adult dog settle at night and or sleep later in the morning. Number one, refrain from feeding or interacting with your dog the moment he wakes up. When you delay meals and attention, this deters pushy behavior. So Elsa now wakes me up every single day at eight o'clock in the morning. I know that's sad, but I work late. She wakes me up in the morning because she wants to eat. So rather than getting out of bed and feeding her right away, when she wakes me up, I get out of bed, I take my shower first. And when I'm done with my shower, I go downstairs and I feed her breakfast. You wanna know something from doing this? I've gotten her to stop harassing me in the morning and lately I've been getting up before her. Number two, you can delay your dog's feeding schedule up to one hour by gradually pushing it back. Each day, feed your dog 15 minutes later. Within four days, your dog's mealtime will be one hour later than normal. Number three, Dogs are easily awoken by the sun and sounds. If they sleep in a crate, cover it. For dogs who sleep outside of crates, try to keep the room dark. And you can use a sound machine so that it drowns out sounds inside and outside of the home, especially on garbage pickup day. Number four, make sure your dog has a warm, comfortable bed to sleep on. We wanna make sure the dog is comfortable. Comfortable dog sleeps longer than a dog who's uncomfortable. Number five, give your dog plenty of exercise each day. Scheduling evening exercise helps empty the bladder and may help your dog sleep later. I mean, let's face it, if we shut down at seven o'clock at night and your dog is in the crate or your dog is just laying around, you cannot expect that dog to sleep until nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. Hey, some people are lucky, but most of us, Put a dog to bed at 7 in the morning, that dog's going to be up super early. So you want to exercise the dog a little bit and maybe have the dog go to bed about 15 minutes later every night in order to get the sleep a little bit later in the morning. Number six, make sure you bring your dog outside to eliminate right before bed. Don't bring them outside at 9 o'clock at night and then go to bed at 11 because guaranteed you're going to be up, especially if you keep water down. Because 9 o'clock you let the dog out, 10.30 the dog goes and laps up water, you guys go to bed at 11, in the middle of the night that dog's going to have to urinate. Number seven, if you and your dog rise with your alarm, set it 15 minutes earlier for several days. When the alarm goes off, hit snooze and roll back over. Avoid eye contact and interaction with your dog. Every few days, deduct five minutes until you can set your alarm for the correct wake up call. By that time, your dog will no longer be triggered by the alarm because remember, the alarm was going off, you shut it off, you rolled back to sleep again. You're setting up a different pattern. When you do get up, start your morning routine without interacting with your dog for 15 minutes. Again, remember my shower? This teaches the dog that the alarm is not the feed bell. And finally, number eight, do not permit your dog to drink water late in the evening. This may cause your dog to rise early for a bathroom break. So if you think your dog is going to sneak downstairs for water during the night, maybe you should pull it. Of course, if your dog has a medical problem, we don't want to pull the water. But um, for just regular healthy dogs, get that water up. This way the dog isn't drinking late at night and is not drinking overnight. Now, due to bladders that are not fully developed, puppies who awaken during the night should be taken to the bathroom. It is unfair to expect puppies to sleep late in the morning or throughout the night without a bathroom break. If you struggle with housebreaking issues, you can always check out our housebreaking course where we provide all the information that you need to properly housebreak your dog. And we give you this program for $2.99. Just visit iscdt.com. Go into enroll so that you can find the housebreaking in program. And finally, if your adult dog is beginning to show problems where they cannot hold their waist overnight, take your dog to the vet to rule out a urinary tract infection. And this goes for puppies too. If your puppy cannot hold it during the night, like all of a sudden it was doing well and then it wasn't, or if your puppy is going to the bathroom like five, six, seven times during the day or repeatedly having accidents, you should take the puppy or the older dog to the vet to rule out a urinary tract infection or digestive issues. Don't just assume that it's behavioral or that the puppy is just getting into a routine or the older dog is just getting into a routine of waking you up. We always go and we rule out medical first before that we blame it on behavior. So um, if you do have a puppy or if you have an older dog, let them go out during the night. But if you are gonna bring them out to go to the bathroom, we wanna make sure that there's no entertainment. Just like with a new baby, you're gonna keep the lights and you're gonna keep the activity low. You're going to bring your dog outside on a leash so that they can't play. Let them go to the bathroom. You're immediately going to walk them back up to bed again. Don't pet the dog. Don't play with the dog. Don't nothing. Just bring them out to the bathroom. Bring them back. Lights are low. TV is off. We want the dog to learn. While you do have to go to the bathroom and I am going to meet your needs, you're going to go back to bed again. All right. So those are all the tips for today. We have paused and we have learned. It's time to reflect. Okay, I like this. This sort of goes with my whole leash theory when you're on vacation. This motivational quote is by Duke Ferguson, and it goes like this. Prevent what you cannot control and control what you teach. And all the tips you were given today will help you accomplish that motivational quote. So at this point in the Pupcast, I'm going to talk about a dog who is looking for a home. The dog that I'm gonna talk about today is Montana, and she is with Fur Babies Rescue, on Long Island. Montana is a six year old, 60 pound female American Staffordshire Terrier, and her date of birth, wow, it's two days after my dog, June 3rd, 2014. She is an amazing, beautiful, smart and loving dog who is looking for a real home. She does not wanna live in boarding anymore. If you are able to welcome Montana into your home or any of the other dogs that Fur Babies Rescue has, please contact them, they are on Facebook. What I love about Fur Babies is that all of their dogs either were in a home or they are in a foster home. So they're really able to give us insight on how these dogs will be when they go to their forever home. Fur Babies is a small rescue and as anyone knows who is involved with rescue, It cost a ton of money to help these dogs between medical, feeding them, boarding if they're in a boarding facility, or even just helping out the foster families. It cost a fortune. So if you are interested in a dog, please check out Fur Babies Rescue and Referral, Inc. on Facebook. If you are not in the market for a dog right now, but you would like to make a donation to Fur Babies, they would love it. You can either inbox me at katie at i s c d t dot com or you can contact for babies through facebook but i know that they would appreciate any help that you can give them whether you're donating money food toys medication or belongings for their dog. So thank you once again for joining me. I hope that these tips are helpful. I'm going to put links for the full articles on both of the topics that I discussed today. If you do enjoy our podcast, please subscribe. So this way you keep on getting all of our new episodes. I believe it's only Apple, but if the format that you're listening to allows you to leave a review, please leave a review for us. Reviews definitely help other people find us. If you have any questions, if you want to share any information, and if you know a rescue or a dog who needs a home and you want me to talk about them, feel free to email me again, katie at ISCDT.com and naturally if you're interested in becoming a dog trainer not only do we have in-person training but we also have online training where you will read 18 lessons, you'll provide homework sometimes it's written homework and other times it is video homework because in our course we have you working with dogs. You provide video diaries of your progress and then at the end you receive a diploma mailed to you. So if If you're interested, iscdt.com, click on enroll to find out about our programs. That's all that we have for today. Until next time, we enjoy teaching you to train them. Have a great week.